Hi everyone, David here. Stay tuned to the end of this podcast episode because we've got a special announcement that uh, I can almost guarantee you're going to want to hear. And let Mac.com supporting the New Zealand Mac community. Welcome everyone to episode 23 of the nzmac.com podcast. My name is David. I go by David NZ on the nzmac.com forums and we've got Great episode for you this evening. With me is uh, Phil Roy, owner and operator of the nzmac.com site. How are you doing there, Phil? Good, thanks. Hi, Dave. And we also have Darren, also known as Loaded Wookie, also known as, and I'm trying to get this to stick, although I'm not getting anywhere, uh, the furry one. <laughs> Welcome, Darren. <laughs> How's it going? Good. How are you? And last but certainly not least, Alan, also goes by the name of Gimli NZ on the forums. How are you doing, Alan? Yeah, very good. Very good. So, what are we talking about tonight? Basically, what we want to go through is we want to do an, uh, a good long segment. We want to talk about iWork and iLife and experiences. It's been out for, here in New Zealand, how long has it been out for now? A couple of weeks, hasn't it been? Um, I think iLife has been, iWork's pretty much been out for the entire yeah. month. Let's, let's, what do we want to start with? We want to start, let's start with iWork because, Darren, you did a bit of a review uh, for the NZMac.com site on numbers. So let's, let's chat about iWork and who's used it. I mean, I've used Keynote quite a bit, but let's, let's start with numbers and what your general impression of that was. Um, as, as I said in the review, the, um, it wasn't until they actually released numbers that I decided to start using iWork because I needed a spreadsheet for a lot of the stuff that I um, do, which was more or less just like time recording and job sheets and mileage claims and things like that. And when numbers came along, it was um, quite a really good spreadsheet, but there was still a lot missing from it. So uh, for me, the biggest um, application that I was looking forward to with 09 was actually numbers. And yeah, to be honest, it, it's um, a lot a lot more along the lines of what I was was hoping for. Um, there's a few things that they've tidied up, a few things that um, this they still got to work on. But all all in all, I, um, it's probably the application I use the most. Huh. So why not? Why why wouldn't Excel be something that you had stuck with? Or, I'm presuming you've tried Excel for the kinds of things you say you're using numbers for. Um, to be honest, it was more of a legal thing. Um, I, the only version of Office I had was one that I'd picked up off Torrents just to see whether or not it was worth it. Um, I tried Open Office, but um, mm. as much as I like it, it is quite clunky and, and it felt counterproductive. Um, I think that's more just the fact that it was um, based on Java and um, X11 more than anything. But um, yeah. Excel's all right, but um, it just yeah, it, it was more huge. of a legal thing. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's huge, and it's I mean, I use numbers for our budget, our family budget. Um, I use Excel for basically everything else relating to my job, but um, I used I use numbers for budget, as I say. But I mean, it, it, Excel is a bit overkill for some of the things that I think the way Apple positions numbers. I mean, I think it's moving more towards the market that Excel. Um, is being used for, but I think overall, numbers is perfect for that kind of everyday family use, and it, and it does work fairly well. But how about you, Phil? What do you use numbers at all? I do again for a budget, but um, so not extensively to the degree that Darren does. But I, I, one thing I have noticed, I like some of these sort of um, 
interface tweaks and things that they've done, just really basic things like um, how to insert a row and all these sorts of things. I just like the way they've improved some of the graphics in the interface. But, Darren, one of the things that I picked up from your review, I I, kind of started to get the feeling more from your review that Numbers is now at the stage that it's, um, I guess, still Excel-like, but it's doing things that Excel did, but just a lot nicer. I mean, in particular, like formulas and stuff like that. It is, and I think that's one of the things that Apple is doing so well. They're they're doing things, they're not really doing anything new, but they're doing it better. Um, Like, I I never saw the point why you would have, like, um, was it, I think think it was like, was it 60 columns by 2,000 or something rows? Um, by default in Excel and all that. I was like, how the hell are you going to get that much data um, or use that much data? Um, whereas the the way that I, uh, that numbers works where you can actually set how many uh, columns and rows and all that that yeah. you're going to use, um, and then, I mean, using that makes it so much easier to set up printing. I mean, if you've ever tried to print a spreadsheet in Excel, you know how much of a pain it is to try and get it um, fit yeah. onto the page properly, yeah. um, and, and so that for me, the, Apple's put a lot of thought into how your average person would use a spreadsheet. Um, and yeah, I mean the spreadsheets I use there, I wouldn't call them overly complex, but you know they're they're quite reasonable in what they do. So the fact that Numbers handles that with um, uh, quite quite a degree of, of finesse. Um, so it's not uh, for power users then, really. I mean, it's not quite no. there, but it's approaching. I haven't said that, though. I don't think Excel 2008 is, is for power users either. I mm. mean, everyone's complaining about the fact that um, Numbers doesn't have macro recording and things like that, but then at the same time, neither does Excel 2008. Um, they removed all that. Yeah, um, that's true. So yeah. it's kind of, you know... Um, Go with the devil, you know. I think. What and, about and you, I, Alan? Have you used numbers at all? Or? I'm, I'm the same as uh, you and, and Phil. Uh, household budget, <laughs> very, very useful. Uh, it's, a, it's a throwover <laughs> from the Apple Works spreadsheet, however. Um, but yeah, that, that's pretty much it. And as I say, uh, we deal with Excel at work. Uh, I will usually open things up in numbers that are sent to me as an Excel file and save it as as an Excel file and send it back. Um, Certainly to see if it, if it works, um, if anything breaks in that process, just to make sure that uh, it is sort of cross-platform, so to speak. Oh, okay. So has anything major in your uh, experience? In, in most cases. Sorry? Go ahead. Is, is anything broken or no? Um, no, no. But, I mean, we, once you, these aren't hugely complex um, spreadsheets. Once again, it's yeah, sure. pretty much the case. Things like it might be um, you know, uh, and the cost of licensing and things like that type of thing. Um, uh, a few calculations and that's about it. But, um, yeah, it all, it all seems to work for me. I would say that I find it a lot more stable than Excel. I mean, um, there's one spreadsheet in particular that I have to pull off a system that, uh, probably once a week and no matter what, it will. It, it comes out as a CSV file and no matter what I try and um, Excel, it will always crash. So I just always open it in numbers and I never have a problem at all. Really? Is it maybe a yeah. macro or something? 
no, just I don't, I, I've tried to figure that one out either. It's just nothing complicated, really. Yeah, I doubt it would be a macro, not on a CSV. It's oh, just yeah. a plain text file. That's so. true. Yeah, that's huh? true. So what about what about Pages? Who who's a big Pages user? Crickets. Yep, I, I use know. it a bit. Yeah, I use it a bit. Really? Okay. Okay. I'll tend to use it. I mean, if I'm depending on what I'm wanting to put out, if it's just make a note, I'll, I'll tend to use something as simple as text edit. But if I'm wanting to sort of create a poster for something for work, um, or or write a review for a, a website, I, I certainly appreciate the uh, full screen uh, ability now. Where you can right. block out all distractions. That, that I found that very useful as a, as a person who is easily uh, distracted from anything else going on on my computer. Look at the bee. Look at the bee. Yeah. Look, there's a squirrel. Um, yeah, so, um, no, I, I found that really useful. Huh. To this quick design work, if I want to... If, if I have to put a poster up in a lab or something like that, and I'll, I'll just grab one of their templates, change the text, and away we go, and everybody goes, wow, where did you, where did you get that from? <laughs> you know, did, did you make that yourself? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have so, to admit, I had kind of one of those mo- – sorry to interrupt, but I had one of those moments just after Christmas because my wife put together kind of one of those little cheesy newsletters that you send out to your entire family, um, the ones yeah. that nobody reads. And I kind of realized afterwards, she did it in Word. She put a couple of pictures of the kid and all that. And then I looked at it, and I went, geez, we could have used pages to make it look – like the ones really? they use when they promote it. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh. And, and yeah, that, I mean, and that sort of thing uh, for my wife's business. We'll, we'll put newsletters out and I'll, I'll put those together on pages. Um, yeah, I, I like it as a as a quick, easy, everything sort of really there, you know there and and accessible, and it's easy to shuffle things around either in word processing or desktop publishing. What about you, Derek? What are you using it for? Uh, well, main, mainly I um, and Phil will know this. I, I use Pages for the reviews on NZ Mac. Um, I, it's just something that's so nice to to use, just to to edit all the text and get all the images in the right place. Of course, once it goes on the site, the limitations of HTML sort of removes all those niceties. But um, I also use them for um, documentation at work um, because. Uh, the stuff that we do, um, I, I tend to write my documentation for the lowest common denominator, so it's mm-hmm. um, s- images and all that. Ev- like basically everything will be screenshot at every move I do, so that um, if if you don't see what's in the document, then clearly you're doing something wrong. Um, and and Pages is really good for that. And um, I, I was actually thinking about this the other day. Um, I I managed to uh, well it looks like I've managed to um, get a one of the taxi drivers in Wellington out buying a Mac um, so that's a bit of a coup but um, they, she, they they called me up the other day and they they were sort of picking my brains you know because they're so used to using Office and all that you know they're they're sort of asking me you know can I work do this that and the other and one of the questions they asked was what about publisher and it sort of occurred to me then that Pages is actually doing two roles. Yeah. Pages is actually a word processor like um, Word is, but at the same time, it's taking over a lot of the role that Publisher does. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, um, technically speaking, all by the database, iWork is pretty much on par with um, the Office suite, although not mm. not overly as powerful, but at the same time, um, you know, most people don't really have that 
need for the full power. I mean, the the customers that I'm using that are using Word and Excel, they're not even coming close to using the full power of those applications, yeah. you know. So, um, yeah. That's but interesting because I, I always thought Pages was initially sold as not a word processor but something much like it, what... It wasn't was. initially. When yeah. it first came out, it didn't have that functionality. Yeah. I think, I can't remember which version came out and they actually split it into word processing and uh, right. I can't remember. That, the, that was 08 where they altered the yeah, interface yeah. so that it changed depending on what you were actually doing. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Wow, yeah, no, I, that, I remember that, yeah. I, I think it is a big selling point because I, I wrote a, a blog post yesterday about my brother, who eldest brother, who finally is about to buy a Macintosh and, awesome. and it... And, Ooh, and well, it well, yeah, it's only taken 20 years or so, but um, uh, in it, I sort of said that, you know, that there's a time and place to convince people. And the interesting thing about Pages is I had a friend that had bought a new Mac, but was trying to save a bit of money. And so I put Open Office on and he got really sick with uh, Write, I think it is, the the. Mm. the the word equivalent. And so I said to him, look, look, I'll just install this trial of this thing called iWork. And the next time I went round, he got really excited to show me how he could drag and drop an image onto a page. Yep. And, and, yeah. and look, you know, watch when I do this. When I move it over, it shows me gui- guidelines. And when I resize it, <laughs> it, it tells me the size of the image. And I'm sort of sitting there going, yeah, I know. But... but <laughs> It was the point that he said, right, I'm sold. That was enough for him, and it is a, a superb desktop publishing package. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I used it for my uh, parents' 50th wedding anniversary, you know, a year ago with um, 08, um, mm-hmm. just to develop invitations and all these sorts of things, and it took two minutes. Yeah, and it, yeah. Everyone kept saying to me, where'd you get those invitations made? <laughs> mm-hmm. So is it, in terms of value for money, is it there? Absolutely, oh, unbelievably. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at what comes in the iWork package. You got Pages, you got Keynote, and you've got um, Numbers. So, so effectively, you got Word, Excel, Publisher, and PowerPoint, uh, PowerPoint yeah. for 179 bucks. Try yeah. getting that with the the Microsoft stuff. You know, they're they're going to charge you three times the cost of that um, just for you know. Uh, sure, it comes with Entourage, but. To be yeah. honest, I, I've used that, and I, it's sort of flaky as anything at work. So basically, I gave up on it, and I just use webmail. Um, so I, I think $179 for what you get—that—that's value for money. You're not going to find anywhere else. Yeah. I have, yeah, I have one bugbear, and it's fairly minimal, but it, it still causes me to go into Apple Works to do uh, text documents now and then. And that is, I can't, I can't stand the inbuilt spelling tool within uh, Apple applications these days. Actually, I have to admit, I don't like um, inbuilt spelling tools full stop. Um, it, it wasn't until, I suppose, Leopard came out when the, the spell checkers sort of started coming along, but um, I still find it tends to default to like American spelling, even yeah. though I've got British um, set up and, and English, uh, US English, well, not US English, but the English one is actually sort of second from the bottom um it still tends to favor the american spelling you can turn it off though can't you i'm sure you can the the spelling yeah yeah on pages yeah because i know i turn it off on almost everything else that when i'm writing so yeah it's it's, it's nice to have um 
the the grammar checker is is, is the big oh, one as well. Oh, that's a that. real that's a real pain. I, mean, like, I, I just those kind of things I ignore because Chan, I've, I've, I remember care. a couple of years ago I was using Word and and it told me that my grammar was incorrect on a sentence and I looked at it and I went. My gosh, no, it is not. And it was turned <laughs> off and it was never turned on again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in, in using, using Grammar Checker as a, as a selling point, uh, I just laugh because um, uh, what grammar are they they using? You know, it doesn't seem to be American. It doesn't seem to be British. It doesn't seem to be New Zealand or Australian. It's like, mm. you know, Timbuktu related, uh, translated into English sort of thing, you know. I, I, I've had ones where... Um, I looked at it and then looked at the suggestion, and the suggestion was way more grammatically incorrect than the <laughs> what I'd written. It's like, how do you come up with that? <laughs> so, are you guys just really careful typers, or do you use something else to spell check? I I use spell check. Um, I, I still have it turned on, but a lot of the times I ignore it. Um, especially when you're writing New Zealand place names and things like that, yeah. you know they're not going to show up. Even though you've got the Maori dictionary turned mm. on, mm. Um, it still doesn't pick up all the words. So I, I tend to, um, if I know the words right, um, then I'll um, I'll get it learning the spelling. Um, mm. Yeah. I'm the same yeah. way. I, I, I tend, that, I tend yeah. to type so slowly that it uh, doesn't really matter. I, I usually pick up any spelling errors. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I mean, I, I just end up, but half, half the time I can I see my mistakes and I'll do a, anything I'm writing, I'll do a final proof anyway, or yeah. there's always someone else who do a final proof, like a publisher or something like that, and they, yeah. they'll catch anything, but it's pretty rare that, but yeah, I'll, I'll have, rarely. I'll yeah. have the spell checker turned on yeah. and uh, we'll, yeah can quickly determine if it's incorrect. But yeah. I, I have this horrible ability to spot spelling mistakes and just about any text. But the, my eyes are drawn to it. Mental note, yeah. don't send Alan an email then. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, Alan, you'd have a field day on nzmac.com then. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, 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 I try not to be a spelling Nazi, though. I just It's uh, one of those things that, uh, yeah, <laughs> my eyes, I don't know. I don't know whether it's from being a school teacher or not, but... So my eyes are very much drawn to words Good. that don't look right. Yeah, well, I've, I've, sure. I've re-edited my blog post five times over the past 24 hours, even though I spell-checked it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what about Keynote? Who else uses Keynote besides me? That's <laughs> the one app I don't use. Yeah, same. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm having a hard time writing the review for that one because I don't use it at all. So, um, And it's the last one of my iWork roundup that, that i got to do. So, Well, I um, can't wait to read that because, I, I mean, I use Keynote um, not on a daily basis, but anytime I'm lecturing. I'm, I've, got my, uh, I've got the laptop open. I've got Keynote running. And um, it's, I mean, it, the danger with Keynote, I think, I mean, it does everything that PowerPoint does. So if you're familiar with what PowerPoint does, then, then that's exactly what Keynote does. But the danger is that the transitions, uh, like in other words, moving from slide to slide, what you can do with the elements on the slide, so not only images but text, um, all of that is just so powerful that you run the risk of creating presentations that are far more flash than content. And I noticed that, I mean, because our first semester starts here in um, in a few weeks, and I was just getting a, uh, the first lecture ready for a paper that I teach at the second year, and I caught myself, you know, just playing in Keynote 09, and by the end of it, it was a great presentation, but when I stepped back and looked at it, I thought, well, there's not a huge amount being communicated here. It's more flash and glitz than anything. I think it's a huge danger. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of... Uh, um 
you know, because my role's sort of uh, e-learning related. There's a lot of things on the net about the danger of getting carried away with mm. PowerPoint and what a what a dangerous tool it can be. Um, so you do have to be a little bit careful. You don't want your bullet points flying into the uh, sound of a car engine and a horn tooting like you can in PowerPoint yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, I think the best introduction to it is to watch um, – Watch Phil Schiller's keynote from Macworld this year, 2009. That gives you an idea. And I think one of the reasons that makes that such a great keynote, and when you do see the transitions, you'll know why. It's just that they don't use a lot of the real fancy transitions like the nice three-dimensional page twisting or you know the page oh. curling. They don't use that. They just literally go from one slide to the next. It's just a cut. It's not even faded out. It's just cut. Yeah. I think the the other thing I like about their presentations, you know, they, they obviously type up the slides and then someone comes along and says, right, now cut 80% of the text from each slide. Yep. Yep. You know, they're exceptionally yep. well done. Mm. Um, but I do I, I agree with your point as well. I mean, I was once at a, in, in a course where every student stood up. It was actually a course about multimedia development. And I, I was the only person not to have a single sound playing it on my PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> Because everybody went sound and animation crazy. Um, That said, I have to say that I don't use uh, Keynote because I'm having to pass PowerPoint files around a lot. But if I know that I'm going to do a presentation, the last thing I will do will be to convert it to uh, a Keynote and give the presentation that way just because I think the, the transitions and all those sorts of things look amazing. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's one of the things I've tried with the 08 version, which I'm sure works in the 09, is to um, record the audio of a lecture as well as what's actually being presented on screen, and then you can render it as a QuickTime movie. Um, it's huge, don't get me wrong. I mean, it comes out as often several hundred megs, depending on the setting. But at the end of the day, you've got a QuickTime movie, which is being recorded via the microphone, in this case, in my case, on the microphone on the MacBook Pro, um, and all the transitions. So in a QuickTime movie, you see all the fancy transitions, so you're not just seeing just uh, an ordinary thing. So, yeah. At the end of the day, I think Keynote is something that can be um, can be a pretty powerful tool, but it has that danger of, of uh, giving you overkill. So yep. But, yeah, the, the whole art of giving a decent presentation, um, you know, you can overuse those tools or you can use them and, and get the content out of it. It's not going to make you a better presenter necessarily. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was watching a um, presentation the other day. Um, it was Al Gore kind of uh, doing a follow-up for his um, Inconvenient Truth. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Um, and it, it was his, – his presentation is the same thing. It's nice and simple. The information is there. It's being portrayed. There's no flashiness or anything like that. And I think that's really what makes a good presentation. You know, if – if you have to go to the point where you're just whacking in transitions and all that, then clearly you probably shouldn't be on stage because you haven't got really anything to contribute sort of thing. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I agree. I think PowerPoint uh, – sorry, not PowerPoint um, – Keynote and all that, all those transitions all that, they might be okay for certain things, but I don't think as a presentation, you know, something that you're doing up on um, a stage or something, I think – on stage, you want to keep it simple, but if, if it's just something that you're wanting to um, flick around sort of thing, like some of the um, stuff that gets sent around through uh, through work, they're kind of, um, yeah. you know, nice transitions and all that, but um, ultimately they're nothing more than a slideshow. Um, so, yeah, yeah it's, that's a good point, actually. So, mm. 
So that's how I work. Um, yeah, good value for money overall, I would think. Even just for Keynote alone, I would spend 100, 180 bucks for Keynote because I think it's just, it's just amazing. But, yep, good to get pages and numbers as well. So let's talk about iLife. Oi, where do we start? <laughs> iPhoto, iPhoto. iPhoto. How did, yeah, I, how did I know you were going to say that? Yeah. Let me just start by saying something controversial. I don't see the point in faces, and I don't see the point in places. I don't understand. What, and I've gone through, and I've tagged my daughter in hopefully all the photos. And Okay, that's fine. But David? Yeah. You've only got one child, haven't you? Yeah, I've only got one. Yeah. When you got four? What do you do and I, you want to find the photos of just the one with there you oh, go. I was going to say, do you forget what they look like? Is that right? <laughs> yeah. But if you if you want to do an album yeah. on just one child, and you want to find all the photos with that one child, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. But for a lazy person like me, who doesn't tag them all and, and and give them all their you know ID three tags or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's 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 great. It's so it's good. For, it's good for that. So if you have if you have lots of people and you want to put together an album and let's say burn a CD with just pictures of Phil, then mm. you can you can grab all your photos. Okay, so that's what it allows you to do. But now, okay, I can buy that. I mean, but what about places? I mean, I I'm not going to go in through all my photographs and tag where they were. I tried a few and I thought, well, this is taking forever. And, I, I think a lot of that, um, you sort of got to take it into context. Um, you got to remember that uh, iLife now um, hooks into things like Facebook and uh, Flickr and all that. Um, and and with the with faces and all that, when you're naming all the um, the images, when you flick it up to Facebook and, and Flickr, um, they'll car- those tags carry across. And it's the same with um, the geotagging and all that. So when you're sharing online. Uh, with people, people can see where you've taken the the, um, the photos and all that. I, I don't know if it hooks back into Google. So, um, you know, if you do a search on a place in, in Google Maps or something, you know how they have all the pins there. Um, yeah. I don't know if it actually ties back into there, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if it does. Uh, does Google, it... Maps, Google Maps uses, is it panoramic or some sort of service where you... Uh, the, the photos that are there uh, linked to a, an, another site altogether. And I was having a look at some stuff recently, and uh, I mean, they're, they're quite quite nice, but uh, it's, it's like another f- uh, photo sharing site. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd assume that that um, geotagging if, uh, in iPhoto that you do that would carry across to things like um, iMovie and the mm. uh, the maps that you can create there as well, wasn't wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, that that is true. Um, like when you watch the the demo that Phil Schiller the, did, the Indiana um, Jones maps. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You had all those points along there. So um, when you're using the world map or whatever um, globe um, transitions on that, and I'm moving, it's sort of useful for that and all as well. But yeah, it is hit and miss. As I put in one of my posts, you know. Um, uh, Levin seems to have been pushed into the North Atlantic Ocean that or North hilarious. Pacific Ocean. Um, so where where they, they can keep those. it? Sorry, they can keep it. That's not nice. Apologies to our listeners from Levin. <laughs> the new nation of Levin. <laughs> I just I, I still think that if someone's got because a colleague of mine popped into my office earlier this week and she said. Um, did you buy iLife? And I said, yeah. She says, is it worth it? I said, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, if the faces thing, I was down on faces, and I guess I can, I, I take your point, Alan, but 
I'm not still 100% convinced. And I said, places? I don't even know. Do I go through my thousands and thousands of photographs and put places on them? Well, I think Faces is awesome to the point that I, I, I've mentioned on the site. I think I've done a very weird thing. It's the only iLife application that I've opened up so far. Um, <laughs> and the mate that I talked about that saw pages and liked it, he came around one day while I was putting Faces in and I showed him the slideshows. And he said, right, that's it. I'm getting iLife as well. Wow. And I said to him, what, you don't want to have a look at what iMovie can do? And he said, no, that sold me. You know, he, he wanted um, what he didn't realize or what I didn't realize at the time is that that kind of functionality is built in, I think, to iMovie as well so that you can create those sorts of slideshows from the faces. But I just think it's superb. And oh. and the, the other thing I have to say, uh, Matt D has posted a hilarious cartoon on the NZMAC.com oh, site. The Superman. <laughs> where Lois, Lane, Lois yeah. Lane is ringing the uh, Apple support people saying, oh, my God, iPhoto is suggesting that Clark Kent and Superman are the same person. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you need iPhoto for that one. You just need a bit of intelligence. <clears throat> I, yeah, that's hilarious. I just – I still don't know. I mean, uh, this, we were chatting before we started recording um, about cameras. And as far as I can tell, because we're in the market right now for a new camera – there's only one camera that has built-in GPS functionality available in New Zealand. That's the Nikon. I could be wrong, but it's the Nikon Coolpix P6000. And every other camera doesn't have that geotagging built in. So where, unless I purchase something that, I'm assuming you can get something that can actually add to your camera that will give you that GPS sensitivity. Apparently there are SD cards that you can get out there um, that have GPS tagging built in. How accurate? Uh, wouldn't have a clue. Um, uh but the problem is, is the camera has to support SD. If, if you're going for some of like the top ends, like my Olympus, um, although mine's really middle of the range, um, mine uses the XD. So, oh, right. yeah, but whether or not you um, you can get attachments or, or whatever, I don't know. But I, I think um, there's a neat little app um, that I found called GeoTagger, um, which sort of came up when Phil was um, asking about the whether or not you could um, do multiple geotags and all that. And basically, you have Google Earth running, uh, you have iPhoto running, or, or you can just drag files onto it. Um, but you have Google Earth running, you find where, you, where the um, icon's supposed to, uh, st- supposed to go, and then you drag the collection into geotagger, and it automatically tags all your photos. Really? Mm. Yeah, see, the interesting thing about that discussion, I mean, from this point on or, you know, from the past year or so, I'm not overly concerned about um, having a camera that doesn't geotag because Mm. everything that I'm taking on the digital will, in the eyes of iPhoto, be an event. And so that I can easily say that, okay, I've selected these photos and now en masse, please say that 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 all took place in Wellington. I guess what I was talking about on the site was some old photos that are grouped together in a pretty ridiculous event, and that is a year-long event called the UK 1990 and so on. And so I'm wanting to go through and manually alter those photos, but was trying to find a way to do it quickly. So I'm not I'm not concerned that the camera that I've got won't geotag because I know that each time I plug 
plug it in, um, it is going to be quite easy as an event just to mass uh, select the event and just put in one location for them all. I guess the one that really surprised me was I have GPS switched off on my iPhone and I was at Paraparam on Boxing Day and that photo's been geotagged, which I had completely forgotten about. It would have picked it up from the cell towers, I would assume. Uh when you say you got GPS off, have you turned location services off or a GPS off? So, so you can physically turn GPS off. Yes, because that, that's that's quite option. that's quite a drain on your um, phone. Yeah, 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 but have you also turned off uh, location services? There's an option under settings called location services, which basically ties all that together. Um, that might be why it's it's sort of overridden your yeah um, GPS settings. Hmm. I'll tell you in a moment. I need to get an iPhone. I really do. I think, Alan, do you have one? No. You and I need to get one. I need the iPod Touch. My daughter's 14th birthday now. As of today, she has a better iPod Touch than I do. Well, that's not allowed. That can't be allowed. No, no, it's terrible, so I've got to get an iPhone soon. So what else about... When you just repackage your one into her box. Exactly. (laughs) What What else about iPhoto do we like? I'll just mention very. I'll just mention very quickly that location services is enabled on my phone. So there's the answer to that. Yeah, that might be why. Yeah. Um, what else do I like? I do like the faces. I do think the interface tweaks are really good. Um, I haven't had a go at exporting the slideshows, um, but I think they're superb in themselves. Just you know. Yeah. Grabbing a select of photos. Um, one thing I have found, though, trying to set a default export of a slideshow, I can't seem to get it to save the default settings, yeah. no matter what, every time, you know. Um, and the one thing that does upset me is um, one of the slideshows uses, I think it's Danny Elfman, who I can't stand. Um, <laughs> but but the, the, the guy. No, um, no, he, he does, does all the music for a, a lot of movies. I mean, yeah. you'd have, you'd have heard of it, heard of his work just yeah. watching most of the movies. Doesn't he do but, The Simpsons as well? I think he does. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Bill. Is it no? Actually, sorry, it's Randy Newman, isn't it? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, Randy Newman. Newman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does a lot of the Pixar music and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, he does yeah. a lot too. Yeah. I, I was watching a movie the other day, and it was clearly a Randy Newman song. Yeah, but just just the slideshows themselves. I mean, you know, showing that to people, they just look at it. The break apart one's just brilliant. Very, yeah. very clever. I have to admit, that is slick. I, I made use of a uh, feature in iPhoto, not necessarily of the new one, but, but uh, certainly of iPhoto 08. And that was uh, we got some calendars made through the uh, you know standard calendar button on the bottom of iPhoto. And uh, got them made for Christmas, and absolutely brilliant. I know Phil, you've had books done, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, oh god, yeah, yeah. yeah. So and, the calendars and, done through the same lot as the books are done, are they? I'm assuming so. Yeah, mm, yeah, I think. Um, and and we we had those, and we we're just absolutely stoked with them. I mean, they, I think they worked out about forty dollars a pop, but uh, uh, that that was mainly because they they charged. I uh, got three of them done. They charged postage uh, on each one individually. Even though they all came as one package, really? Um, yeah, yeah, that was a bit of a uh, the, the duty on it. I, mm. I felt, um, but yeah, the quality and uh, you know, despite you know the fact that it was sort of family photos and everything, it was still just yeah, it was absolutely great. We loved it. Actually, I wonder so. what's ha- happened um, because you know that's all done in America. So I wonder. I haven't looked recently at whether the prices have gone up for delivery and stuff because. Of course, I, I, yeah. I, I believe in Australia. 
No, I don't think it is. I'm fairly sure they come from America. Your calendars and books? Yeah. I, 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 I was under the impression this came from Australia. This oh, time, okay. I, I just, I don't know where I got that impression from, but then it might have been a preconceived one. But, uh, yeah. Because I, I, yeah, I ordered a book a while ago, and it took about a month to get here. In fact, at one yeah. point, I even emailed Apple Help and said, uh, you know, sorry, it hasn't hasn't arrived. But, you know, Murphy's lucky. It'll probably arrive in the next two days. And they said, well, we'll print you off another one and send it to you. And sure enough, the next day, the original package arrived. So I quickly emailed them and said, stop printing, stop printing. And they actually did. They got it in time. And they said, you know, thanks for letting us know. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah forty three ninety nine, including just um, for the hardcover books. So I don't mm. know if that's the same price or what. But that that's minus shipping, though, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. probably. Yeah, they be. don't say anything about shipping. I'd, I'd be interested to see if the shipping price has gone up. It may have changed. I thought they came from America because they seem to take forever to get here at some point. Yeah, but... maybe that's maybe maybe they. You might be right, Phil. They might be done in America. And then shipped across to Sydney or wherever in Australia, and then shipped across the Tasman. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, it might be that they might just be funneling it through Australia. Mm. Huh. Uh, the calendar pricing seems to be the same. Uh, Seven dollars for shipping. Uh, the, the calendar itself is twenty dollars, twenty six dollars. Yeah, the, the quality uh, of the books about thirty dollars, I think it was. The quality of them all is just stunning. I oh, mean, yeah. you know, yeah, it, yeah. yeah. There's tremendous pleasure to opening any Macintosh package, no matter what it yeah. is. I mean, well, it's really... the box the calendar came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really sad to get excited when a, a, an iPhone dock arrives and you get excited by that. My friends are going to love this because they think I have an obsession with cardboard boxes because I have so many of them here. But, you know, when we even um, uh, the head of our college retired last year and we did his retirement book in, in an iPhoto book and taking the book into work, I made sure I took it in the cardboard box that it came in just to show them the amount of detail that had gone into that, <laughs> you know, even before you open it to get to the book, which was fantastic in itself. It, it just looks superb. Yeah. Packaging counts. Mm. Packaging counts. So we done with iMovie? Or sorry, done with uh, I, iPhoto? iPhoto? Mm. What yeah, next? I think so. iMovie. Darren, go. My favorite app. Um, <laughs> yeah, I... I got myself into a bit of trouble after it got released because I, I mentioned that, um, you know, I couldn't understand why people were saying that the iLife 09 interface was way better than i8 because um, I, I couldn't really see, uh, d- despite a few uh, touch-ups, I suppose, um, making it more efficient and all that, the, the interface is effectively exactly the same. Um, hmm. So I couldn't say why that that all these um, people who hated iMovie 08 were saying, oh, no, it's it's much better interface than 09. It, it's basically the exact same thing. It, it has had um, things moved around a little. Like if you look at the project uh, library window, um, it doesn't have on the left-hand side the all the projects that are there. That's actually been um, – it's effectively a tab now. So when you click on project library, um, it will just show – it will change that entire w- screen to show all the the projects that you have in your library. Um, And then when you click it again, it goes back to the the clips that you're working on. Um, So interface-wise, it's reasonably the same. 
Um, I think the big features for me, um, picture-in-picture, is very, very handy. Um, I'm working on a movie that's, or uh, a video that's actually um, a group of friends and I, uh, we had a a big sort of get-together, like a a games evening, a skits night and all that sort of thing. Um, And we took video using three video cameras. So I'm just sort of um, mixing using the picture-in-picture to actually get everything um, looking right. Um, and, and that there is, is, to me, that's just a fantastic thing, you know. I mean, picture-in-picture and, and Final Cut, which is uh, Final Cut Express, which is how I used to be doing it, um, it was kind of involved to actually do it. You had to set up multiple tracks and all this, whereas in iMovie it's just all drag-and-drop. Um, mm. So you drag the video to where you want it. Um, I yeah. The, the only downside is you've only got one extra video track, um, whereas Final Cut you've basically got as much as your memory can handle. Um, but there are ways around that. You know, export it as QuickTime, then re-import it, and then do your final ah uh, your your third frame on top of that. But um, I haven't really had much play with the stabilization. Um, it didn't sort of work very well on mine because I was already using a Steadicam, uh, which is basically a counterweight system. Yeah. Um, so it's had reasonably smooth video anyway, but um, it has touched quite a bit of it up, um, which, which was nice. But, yeah, it was one of those things where um selected the track and then went to bed. Um, it was, took about five hours to do, so... Jeez. I have, Obviously with that oh sorry Phil go ahead no carry on uh, I said I was gonna say I, I've played with that stabilization because um, my wife doesn't have a very steady hand I have to say and um, I found that it actually made the resulting uh, you know little segment worse um, it looked pixely it looked a little bit blurry and it's only been I'm not sure if you fellows have seen this but in the past couple of weeks there's been some discussion online that if you're using a camera, that uses, I think, is it a CMOS sensor? Is that right? Something, something like that. Some kind of sensor that is pretty common in, you know, point-and-shoot cameras, which is where this uh, video originated from. It couldn't. It, it actually can make your video look worse after you run it through the stabilization feature. What do, uh, what does that sensor do? Is that a sort of internal image stabilization system? Is it or no? I think I now this is going by memory. CMOS isn't that just basically the way that the image is taken? Um, yeah, I thought that like was the, the CCDs. There's yeah, a, yeah. There's a way that there's a way that some video is taken in some cameras that is a little bit different from, say, um, either a medium range or maybe even a low end. I'm not sure. You know, actual video camera that you buy, say, for example, at Harvey Norman or whatever. So I, I some I remember I remember hearing about this because I remember, I tried it as I say, and I looked at the results and I thought this is this is not good. I mean, it did stabilize, but it changed the quality of the image significantly, or the movie anyway. And then I remember reading this and thinking, oh well, that's got to be it because I'm using a uh, an old five megapixel Canon XS55 camera to record a video, and that's why it's not really playing very well with iMovie. Does it record to tape, or does it record to like um, hard drive or DVD? Uh, what my camera? Yeah, it records onto an SD card. Yeah, I think that's where your your problem's going to be. Um, the the image, if you're recording on DSD, it's going to be cr- compressing the hell out of that image. Um, and so when you go to do anything, um, 
frame by frame, uh, which is what, um, well, technically it doesn't do frame by frame. It actually does three frames in a hit because it'll it'll process the first frame and then move on to the next. And as it's moving on to the next, it's actually looking at the previous frame and the one before it. And that's how it does all its image stabilization. But um, because the SD cards, there's so limited quality, um, you're basically working with JPEG and... Mm. That's why your frames are going to be losing because JPEG is a very lossy uh, com- uh, file format. Um, so it probably won't be so bad on tapes and things like that. Yeah, David, you're talking about um, f- taking Im- uh, video, but that's on a digital photo camera, am Correct. I right? Yeah, and, oh, just, okay. and, after, and after Darren's comments, I'm starting to think, well, the average family out there right now listening to this thinking, you know, great, you know, my wife, just like mine, my wife's hand is very... Uh, unstable when she's taking video, this really may not help. Is that right? Um, no, I think um, I'd, I'd go with Darren's point that, that that you're not using a video camera. You're using a photo camera to take mm-hmm. video, and so it's doing a couple of things. One, it's doing the compression that Darren's talking about, but right. it's also probably, uh, I would assume, not filming it at the correct size. And so that when you bring it into iMovie, it has to expand it and perhaps try and display it. And it, it, I, mm. I, I mean, you may be happy with the quality, but it, in, in order for it to do its thinking, it's going to find it fairly pixelated and probably have some problems, I would say. So it's not yeah. iMovie's fault. Not no. necessarily. Um, when 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 you make your iMovie project, is it, um, it what's the setting of it? Is it standard four by three or oh boy sixteen by nine? I think it was. I think I did that one as standard four three. That I'd might say, be the other issue too, because yeah. some of the some of the even the still cameras they'll record on a um, a sixteen by nine. So when you go to a four by three, it's going to it's going to have to actually um, reprocess that image as well. Mm. Um, but normally, it should warn you if it's going, if that's going to be the case. I think you need to send your wife out with a video camera, Dave, to do some testing for us in the field. Mm. <laughs> but th- there are issues with that. Um, I know, like um, reading up when I bought my Steadicam, um, they actually say you t- with the Steadicam you turn the image stabilization off oh. on the camera. Um, because it, a it's not really needed, and and b it sort of actually affects the image when you're when you're using the Steadicam. So, um. yeah, so D- Darren, you you made a comment. It, it really did take five hours for it to to go through and analyze a piece of video. Oh yeah, but we're talking about footage that was an hour long. It basically um, filled up an entire tape. Um, hour and a half tape so five hours was expected because as i say basically you got to remember it's 25 frames a second so you multiply that by 130 uh, 130 minutes so you know 60 Mm. by 130 by 25 there's a lot of frames that it's got to do Um, and as i say it doesn't just do one frame it actually does three frames to to actually process that one frame so i I was expecting it was going to be around about five hours for that one so, um, and, and you and I had a bit of a chat when we met up. We weren't really sure what it would do in terms of how it then stores the sort of information it discovers. I mean, is it caching something or is it – what do you think it's doing? Still haven't worked that one out. Um, actually, I'll, I'll just have a look. Cause it I mean, it, it, be it must be preparing some sort of uh, piece of data somewhere on the machine that, that stores what is the best or most appropriate way to display that movie uh, to full effect, so I'm I'm kind of curious as to what would happen if you then get into iMovie and start sort of um, 
chopping things up a bit. I, I, I can't imagine it would have to recache or, or go and re, um, rethink again. But um, it is interesting because I'm just looking at iMovie cache now, and the movie that's there is it's about right for the. Yeah, it is that one. Yeah, no, it does seem to do a cache, but if you look in the iMovie cache folder, there's the, the cache movie, so I'm picking that's the one that's been processed, but there's also a cache.plist file. Right. Um, mm. So there, there's a lot of information in there. So um, how, big, how big is that plist file? Just out of curiosity. Uh, we are looking at... 12k. 12, okay, so it's not that big, yeah. So no, um, but yeah, it's it's definitely made another clip, um, where, um, a mov file. So basically, it, to me, it looks like um, it's taken all the DV um, images, which is all the the clips, and then just turned it into one big movie. But there's a, there's also another folder there called iMovie Stabilization um, that I'm looking through, and it's got a whole lot of files in there that. That's interesting. So that's how it kind of processes yeah. everything. But they're all text files, uh, which actually go back and open up um, uh, the plist editor. So, um, but at the, at the end of the day, I mean, is I mean, this iMovie itself is going to be something that more. I mean, it. I was I was telling Phil earlier before we started recording is that I I was able to go in and create several movies that are comprised of a series of clips of our daughter. Using the Indiana Jones effect, you know, showing us going from Dunedin to Hanmer's Rings and all that kind of thing. Put it all together, kind of nice transitions and a couple of title slides without using a manual. And to me, I mean, that's the kind of amazing thing about this is that you can do fairly what look fairly slick um, that will impress your family um, without any reference to the manual. Mm. That, that's cool. one thing that Apple excels at making what are effectively difficult. Um, or complex ideas and making them very simple to use. Um, I mean, ultimately, how many people read a manual, Um, especially when they're so used to the Microsoft way of manual writing where it's, uh, yes, Word can do this, and then just leaves it at that sort of thing. So people, I think as people sort of use computers more and more, they tend to get a little bit more knowledgeable on how to do things. Um, Apple just sort of makes it just intuitive to do that. I mean, selecting the clips, dragging them in and and all that, it's not rocket science. Yeah, although, I mean, this is the point probably where you and I disagree, Darren. I mean, I I still am a fan of iMovie 06 because I do find it it reeks simplicity and and, and I'm not trying to put iMovie 09 down because it it is what it can do, quite a stunning program. But um, I, I do find... Just looking at the demos, and, and I confess that's as far as I've got this, um, so far with iMovie, that, that that there seems to be this um, difference in the interface on how you do things that isn't consistent throughout the program. And I, yeah, but you also got to take into account that you're actually doing different things. I mean, you, you don't use a hammer to whack and a screw um, sort of thing, so you, you tend to have to have... Well, you can, but <laughs> try getting the screw out with the hammer. Um, it, it's it's just one of those things where. But but I see. I mean, that's you to, have to change the interface depending on what you're doing. Yeah, I think they have. They've had to because they've made it an exceptionally powerful program. I just um, I, I I guess the thing that uh, that 
concerns me is that with iMovie 06, that the example I use is if you think of adding text, uh, adding a transition, or adding a video effect in the timeline, the the process for doing those things was basically the same for all those three things, and that was select your clip, select what you want to do, make an adjustment, and hit apply. And wow. and you know, I, I guess. That's the thing I liked about it. Now what I'm starting to notice with iMovie 09 is that there are different ways that you do different things. And, and to me, that, that that just builds in a bit of a learning curve. I don't know if you got that um, link that I sent you today, Darren. Uh, did you email it? Or? Yeah, I'll I just mention it because I'll put it in the show notes. It's a guy called John August. He's at johnaugust.com. And um, I think I found the link through Mashable. And it ends out, sitting here tonight, that I've discovered he's a screenwriter and he's even uh, written a movie that's out on Amazon. And he sent a link, uh, uh, he's written a post and it's called iMovie 09 is much better but still maddening. And he kind of gets into iMovie and what he likes about it. But he does get into uh, the notion of the fact that, you know, there's things like unlabeled buttons and contextual menus that are pretty tricky to find. And I guess the, the thing that worries me, you know, being around at a friend's house tonight, he's in his 50s and his, his mother phoned up and we're talking her through iMovie. I, I don't think with the greatest respect to her that she could handle iMovie 09 at all. Mm. I guess that's the sort of thing. That, and, and, you know, I've I've met five-year-olds who have used iMovie, but I don't know whether they're going to be able to handle iMovie 09. Interesting. Yeah, I, I can sort of understand what you're saying out with the unlabeled buttons, um, although a lot of them are actually, like, for example, the inspector button, um, which brings up all your ability to to edit the clips and the videos and the audio and all that. Um they're still kind of intuitive. The voiceover is a little bit tricky because it looks like a microphone, so you think, oh, that must be audio, um, when in actual fact it's allowing you to speak over the top of the clip. Um, so that side of it I can understand. Um, but, yeah, in, in terms of uh, like things like the transitions and all that, I mean, they've gotten to the point where they are very similar to use. Um, it's it's just basically because the one thing you got to remember with iMovie 08 and 09 as opposed to 06 is you're actually working uh, spatially. You're you're not working on a timeline as such. You're working in, in overlays, so it's kind of a three dimensional way of editing, um, which was sort of which is kind of how you work in Final Cut. Um, uh, Express in, in Final Cut Studio where you're actually working in layers as opposed to um, working, you know, per second and all that sort of thing. I, I thought the whole purpose of them bringing out iMovie 08 was to move away from that uh, similarity to, to uh, Final Cuts. Well, yes and no. I mean, the, the reason that Final Cut has the time lay, uh, timeline is because it's very, very precise. Um, with a precision editor in iMovie, you're, you're effectively got very similar tools to what you're doing in, in Final Cut. Um, but I, I don't think you can sort of uh, get away from the fact that what you're doing in iMovie 09 is actually very, very similar to what you're doing in Final Cut. I was going to wonder. I was asking about. Or I was wondering about that. Sorry. Yeah. How different is it really from Final Cut? 
Well, see, it's interesting because I, I would use Final Cut for the sort of situation that Darren described before, you know, a three-camera shoot. I've done that, and it's it's been superb. Mm. But, but, but if I was um, ever in a hurry or wanted to edit a movie quickly, it was and still is iMovie 06 because it was just yeah. superb to slap it down and go through and, you know, use Command-T to cut just here and, you know. Split the, split the clip. And, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the same. I, I haven't used the, the new versions. Uh, the last one I actually used was iMovie 06. Uh, I opened up iMovie 09 just before and had a look, and yeah, it sort of took me back to the first experience of opening up Final Cut. Um, I, 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 as I say, I thought that uh, when 08 came out, the uh, the changes they made to iMovie was because, well, from what everybody had been saying, was that iMovie was getting too close to a uh, final card, mm. and uh, they wanted to differentiate it again, make it more, it sounds to me like it's, it's moving back again sort of thing, but even more complex than before. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. I, I don't understand what they were saying. I move getting close to final cut. There was a huge difference between what, as I said in my 08 review of iMovie um, a couple of years ago, um, Learning iMovie 08 and Final Cut was uh, was actually easier than actually going from iMovie 06 to uh, to Final Cut because because of the fact that iMovie's interface was reasonably similar to Final Cut's, but it did things so completely different to Final Cut yeah. um, that it was you were trying to do things in in Final Cut that you were, you were so used to doing in iMovie 06, whereas with iMovie 08 because um, while you have a great degree of power in, in iMovie 08, it's a very simple drag-and-drop interface. So when you come yeah. into Final Cut, you know that it's a completely different interface. It's not going to work the same, so you don't try and work the same. Um, and I actually found it easier going from iMovie 08 to, to Final Cut um, than it was actually going to 06 to Final Cut, um, just for that, that same reason. Yeah. Um, but in, in term, iMovie was always going to get a lot of power. I mean, I mean it, it stands to reason that you're not just going to rest on your laurels and, and leave it at, say, iMovie 06. Um, yeah, I guess I, I guess the thing that, that I'd say, and, and, and one of the little wee tweaks I've done, I think, sort of speaks to this as well, is I, I, I think there's a danger that they're ignoring the bottom end, and that is, you know, the Joe Blog standard person who just wants to edit a very basic movie. And I think probably a telling change... Um, that they've introduced in iMovie 09, and I think it's a good one, is that ability to either switch on or hide advanced features. So that, you know, the the dragging and dropping to do picture in picture and all those sorts of things, I'd be quite interested to go to a school and see whether they decide to have those sorts of things uh, activated by t- default. Or that, whether that's... That- that's actually not entirely true because you had the same in iMovie 08. You can turn features off and on. Um, in terms of the picture and picture, well, you never had that in iMovie 08, so that was never going to show up anyway. Yeah. Uh, um, I, 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 I never used iMovie 08, so I can't. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know, but. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, it, it did change according to what you actually had turned on and off. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of a tricky one. I, I think basically now. You, you sort of got to compare iMovie 06 with iMovie 09 because 08 sort of, 
I suppose O eight in terms of features was equivalent to O six because you never had all the picture in picture, you never had the image stabilization and all that. But in terms of working now, being able to do complex projects, I think iMovie 09 is is starting to get in line with 06 with all your transitions and yeah, um, uh, I don't, they don't have plugins just yet, but um, they, they got more of the transitions that were actually there in 06. Um, so I, I can't. Yeah. I honestly can't see plugins coming back to iMovie. I don't think. I never yeah. used them to be honest. I, I I didn't really see the point in, in a lot of them. Well, yeah, I I love them, but simply because I got them for free to review them for uh, <laughs> the uh, Mac Guide magazine. Um, so I use them quite a lot. They had some amazing ones, you know, green screen, picture in picture, and all those sorts of things. Yeah, um, yeah. Split screens and. Split screen image overlays, just yeah. awesome plugins that were out there. But you know, if they're bringing those back in by default to iMovie, then all power to Apple, really. Be nice to have that kind of that kind of feature it's, now. It's one thing Apple are very good at. I, I sort of get the feeling that they knew where they wanted to take go with iMovie, and uh, iMovie 06 wasn't going to get them there. So it's in a typical Apple way, they've sort of chucked the, the whole lot out and, and sort of almost started from scratch and, and right to get us there, we, we're going to do this, uh, a bit like they did with OS 9 to OS 10. They knew what the vision was, um, what they currently had wasn't getting them there. So, uh, Although just, I, don't, I don't know if that's the case with iMovie because the story goes, you know, the chap that presented came on yeah. and presented this year was the chap that wrote iMovie um, 08 and, oh. and the story that they told at the time was it was something that he just built for his, time. <laughs> yeah, for, for his own needs. Yeah, but yeah. do you know who the guy that, that they brought in on is? It was, it was the same the, guy. Yeah, but he's, he's actually the guy, the guy that wrote Premiere. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, so he's he, he knew what he he was doing with. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not questioning that. What I'm saying it, it it makes me wonder what was going on behind the scenes in terms of iMovie. Was yeah. it going anywhere, or did they yeah. just take a look at his and say, right, that's it. iMovie six is shelved, and we're moving on to that one. I mean, I think it's a bit of both, to be honest. I think they were probably looking at iMovie, saying, well, where can we do? What, yeah, what can, can we, we do, do to make it? this different? And then this guy comes along saying, hey, I've got this wicked idea. Why don't we try this? And they try it, and it worked for them. So they thought, actually, that makes more sense. That's how we're going to do it, you know? Um, otherwise, you start getting into an interface that is pretty much exactly the same as Final Cuts, and um, people will probably tend to use that as opposed to uh, to iMovie. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they were probably just sitting around just waiting to see, you know, snowballing idea, uh, brainstorming ideas and things like that. And then this one guy yeah. comes up with a good one and, yep, that's it. That's how we do it. It's sort of that that missing piece of the jigsaw, as it were, sort of thing. Mm. So overall, though, thumbs up for iMovie? For me, yes. I, I can't give a thumb because I haven't yeah. used it, I'm afraid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have the uh, thumbs up for me too. Thumbs up because it's, as I said earlier, you're just able to kind of uh, launch I, it. I will right say now. this, it, 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 from hearing what you guys have said, it, it certainly makes me want to have another look at it and maybe yeah, use it a bit more for home. Mm. I've I got to tell you, like when I first looked at iMovie, I, I, I was along the same ideas as, as what a lot of people were saying with 06. You know, um, it didn't gel, but it was one of those things where uh, it wasn't a, a, a 10 minute app. It, it ended up being more of a 30 minute app. And I just sat down, played around, 
didn't even look at the manual, just just played around, and, and then things started falling into place. And I think it's one of those things where uh, people are kind of resistant to change. So when this massive as in your face change came along, you know, it sort of turned a lot of people off. Um, but it, it's you, not going to be one of those applications where you're just going to sit down and it's going to gel automatically. You, you know me so well, Darren. I mean, <laughs> you've summed it up perfectly. <laughs> And in yeah. fact, uh, uh, the mate that I've talked about, uh, his iLife, I went around and help him, helped him install iLife today, and we opened up iMovie, and uh, he's still using iMovie 06, but we had a look at 09 for about 30 seconds, and I, I just patted him on the back, and I said, look, this time, you're the one that's going to be telling me how to use this application, <laughs> not not the other way around. So I, yeah. I've left it, left it to him to go off and learn. But you are right. It is a, quite a dramatic change, and um, I think the best way people are going to learn to use it and see its power is to get in there and give it a go. Yeah, I think mm. that's right. Yeah, and and I think I think iLife 09, uh, sorry, iMovie 09 makes it more of a... Um, uh, a sugar cube to the horse sort of thing. You know, there, yeah. there's a lot in there that makes you think, oh, I should give this a go because of all these features that, that it has that yeah. will make my movie so much better. Whereas I Movie 08 was kind of like, you know, it's just it was version, a new way It was change. version one, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Effectively, yeah. 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 So what what about the other apps in the iLife suite? I mean, what what who, who else has tried any of the other ones? I've opened GarageBand. Oh, there you go. I opened it. Start. Yeah, that was, that was that was the start to see what yeah. these uh, uh, lessons were like. But uh, did you learn that, anything, Alan? Uh, no, no, no. Okay. I'm still uh, uh, musically challenged. Um, <laughs> but, but I think I, I'm sure I saw the video person shaking their head at one stage. Um, but, uh, more to the um, the professional uh, or the or the celebrity uh, tutors were. Uh, I only saw four. I don't know whether or not we have a different uh, access to ones than uh, other countries. Um, and Sting wasn't there. I was a bit disappointed. And uh, yeah, so yeah, so as I say, I don't know whether they come in later. If you, of course, they have to purchase all those ones. So um, yeah, that's I wasn't right. going to go down that track, but um, I'm assuming you open up access to others as you get progress through the lessons. Um, but yeah, it looked look quite uh, quite interesting from that aspect. But that's as far. The interface is fairly similar, if not identical. Yeah. But the difference being is that the colors are much more in line with Logic. Um, yeah. From what I've heard, it's it's a much darker kind of interface overall. Like the colors are much more subdued, so it's not you know bright. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I love GarageBand. I I tinker around in it quite a bit, and. Um, just in kind of off off moments. In fact, I think I even posted. I did. I posted up a song that I did in GarageBand 08. It's on the forums, and you could find it. You can download it. Yes, you did. Did you guys listen to that? There you go. Yep. Yes, yes. So I love tinkering around. I mean, and that that kind of thing takes. That took me a couple of months to make, but just kind of hit and miss here and there, a couple of minutes a day, kind of thing, just playing around. But I think it's a great little app, and I'm hearing stories of you know bands, for example, that actually do CDs using nothing but GarageBand. Wow. Yeah, and I I really like probably what's an underrated feature that a lot of people don't use, and that's its ability uh, to use GarageBand for audio editing for um, movies. I mean, to Uh export to GarageBand and and do your soundtrack and that is just fantastic. Um, We have this discussion with 09. (laughs) Sorry, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know. I, I was a good proponent of using GarageBand for video uh, audio editing uh, yeah, videos yeah, yeah. and all that, and then everyone's like, "No, no, you got to do it in, mo- in movie." <laughs> the, 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 I'm keen to try out the um, lessons. I'm a self-taught guitar player, and the way that I learned to teach myself was to tell the class I was teaching. Uh, at the time uh, that I had decided to learn guitar, and so every day the kids nagged me to um, get the guitar out. And I always remember the first song we ever sung together took about an hour to get through what should have been a, a three-minute song. But yeah. um, So I'm self-taught, and everything I've done is completely wrong, so I'm quite keen to open up GarageBand and go back and uh, learn from whoever this expert is. Phil, you've got to record that and post it. Yep, yep, that's... <laughs> As long as long as you're um, happy to learn the blues, because that seems to be the main uh, genre that they oh, really? have for the lessons. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I think that's because blues is kind of e- quite easy to, to actually As I play, understand, it's, it, yeah, it is fairly basic. Yeah, oh, yeah we're going to get um, emails now from blues lovers saying, oh, no, it's not. But. So we could have an nzmac.com Christmas CD coming out. <laughs> Can we have, like, techno yeah. versions of songs and all that? <laughs> Actually, one thing with those tutorials, I, I have actually um, uh, done a couple of them, um, and it, it's real good in the sense that you're actually like you can actually change the way that you view the guitar. So you can have um, the picture of the guy sitting there; he's you know um, playing the guitar, but you can actually change it so that it shows you how it's doing the strumming as well as the fretboard. So yeah. you're actually doing it in a three D type type way which is good and also the fact that you can speed up and slow down which is um wow uh, for that's me true. something that's that is really good. neat yeah. Um, yeah i think one for me and i honestly just discovered this 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 morning um but it's i, I think it might be something that makes uh, gets my my dad back in canada to actually buy a mac now is that you can tune your guitar with it yeah that's a bit of a have i think mm. um because it's, it's i, I tried there, that Oh really? It has been. Yep, it's yeah, been yeah. there since uh, probably 06. at least. Yeah, I think it was about '06 I introduced that. But it's it's a little bit iffy. I, I think if you're going to tune a guitar, you're still probably wanting to have the um, a proper guitar tuner. Oh really? Yeah. Is it not that? Is it not accurate, or is it? Uh, or, it's getting there. It's better than what it was, but oh, wow. I think it's probably due to the fact that the electric guitar probably needs a little bit more juice to actually allow GarageBand to pick it up uh, a bit better. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, sort of just needs a little bit more amperage. Um, but I, I mean, I, my uh, I got one of those electronic tuners, so basically I just have that in between the guitar and and I move. Uh, um, the the Mac and all that, and so I've got the power to actually tune the guitar, but um, yeah, I, I wouldn't trust the the tuner and Garage Band at all. Hmm. I guess maybe he won't. I've just I'm trying been trying to convince him to switch to a Mac. I thought that would have done it. Huh. D- Dave, is it? Just is don't it, tell him uh, that it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, is it Garage Band or Garage Band in Canada? Um, it'll be Garage Band. Oh, I get it. Yep, it'll be GarageBand. Yep, that's that'll be the pro. How have I been saying it? No, no, I just. That's wondered. how you've been saying it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I I don't know about you fellas, but I haven't even opened iWeb. In fact, I don't think I've ever opened iWeb. Um, I'm using it all the time now. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> well, use my my site's right? iWeb. Um, so so I, I use it. I I like it. it it's um, it still doesn't allow you to save 
save your own themes, which is a pain. Um, hopefully they'll they'll sort that out. Um, but they've made a few changes in there. Like um, obviously the biggest one that everyone's talking about is the fact that you can now upload DFTP sites, um, which incidentally. Um, a lot of the um, tools like iWeb Buddy and iWeb Enhancer and all that, um, obviously they don't out of use that. <laughs> well, sort of. I, I mean, iWeb Buddy um, does a few more things than um, just allow you to upload to an FTP site. Um, Mm. I read somewhere though, Darren, yesterday, I wish I had bookmarked it, um, that there's been a few complaints about that though. It's supposedly um, not working too well. The FTP side? Uh, publishing to FTP, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have a clue because I, I don't have any FTP sites that I upload to. Um, mm. I suppose it really depends on the, the FTP server, um, how it's been set up. Uh, I've had it a few times with um, when I was using FTP, the way that they'd set it up on the um, the server, just using things like um, the built-in FTP client um, in Mac OS 10 through the terminal uh, and things like that. You know, if, if the server, if the FTP server was on a on a Windows machine or something like that, the FTP is set up slightly different. Um, so it's really dependent on the server whether or not that FTP thing's going to actually work. So you may still have to start using a, a separate client anyway. So did you did you change your site much? I mean, did you bring in a new theme from the new version or add new widgets and stuff? Um, I, uh, I I used a theme that I'd actually purchased. Um, uh, a theme called Paradise. Um, so that that transferred over perfectly. There was no need to actually update my site or anything like that. Um, in terms of um, widgets and things like that, I, I think there's there's a few things that are actually a lot better. Um, like with YouTube, before you to get a YouTube video in, you actually had to use an HTML snippet and do the embed code and all that in there. Um, now you just click on the YouTube, insert the URL, and you're done. Um, same with um, the RSS feeds and all that from other sites. You can implement those, which are quite mm. handy. Um, mm. there, there's, there's a couple of interesting ones. I cite Photo and I cite Movie, where basically you, you drag the thing onto the site Oh, sorry, onto the page, and then you can actually record the movie, and it'll just save that directly into... Use your iSight camera. Yeah, um, and it'll just save it into the page, so when you go publish, the movie gets uploaded. Unfortunately, mm. I was hoping what it would be would be, you know, kind of like a widget where um, it would hook into your your Mac, and, and when you got your um, your iSight running, it sort of updates the movie on the site, but um, I was hoping a bit too much for that. <laughs> You can't have everything now, Darren. Jeez. No, no. Um, one thing I will tell you, um, for those that haven't actually seen it, um, the interface has actually changed. So you used to have the media browser as a separate window, kind of like the um, uh, the inspector window, but that's actually been incorporated into the window itself. So oh. it's basically a draw on the side of. Um, on the side of the window, and it just makes it so much easier. You know, you, you're not fighting to 
click into the right window and all that sort of thing. It's just a matter of it's there, you just drag it over sort of thing. Um, hmm. So that's but, so, yeah. but it, overall, you're you're pretty happy with the changes they've made. Yeah, I mean they're not huge, glaringly obvious changes yeah. most of the time, but they they are um, nice changes. Um, things I, I don't know if it happened in iWeb. Um, Oh wait! Uh, I just noticed it the other day. If one one of the things I found, if you drag an image off your desktop and then dragged it into your your window, it kind of created the the image as a um, uh, a layer. But if you held down the option, you could actually drag it into your text box, sort of thing. So all the text and all that wrapped around it. Hmm. So I don't know if that's actually a new thing or if it's something that was um, always there and I just never noticed it, sort of thing. But um, yeah, no, I, I think it's yeah, quite update as well. Sorry, the the Facebook update. Yes, through iWeb you can update fa- iWeb and oh, well, it says update update my Facebook profile when I publish the site. Yeah, really. Yeah, when when you do that, like you fill in your Facebook account, and when you update it, it just has a little post on on um, Facebook that says you know Darren Lowe has updated his website. Um, providing the link and all that. Um, It's not a big, you know, it doesn't actually create the post of what you've just posted. It just says it's it's been updated, you know. Good old face stalker. Yeah. And then I guess to wrap it up with iLife, what was the last one they didn't even change is iDVD. Yeah. I haven't actually played that, but I haven't used that much anyway. I I think the last one I did was... um, a skits night that we did um, a couple of years ago, and I distributed that. But I just I just used it recently to put together that DVD, and I found it it was it was fine. I had to refer to the manual a few times just to kind of figure out you know what what's going on here. But overall, it was fine. But it, I mean, there's they've taken a bit of flack online in the sense that people are saying surely they could have added a few more themes. I mean, really, how much work could it have been? Yeah, they didn't. They they didn't even change it to the point that they don't call it iDVD09. It's just iDVD. If, ah. if you if you go on to the Apple Store or the Apple site, they do not call it iDVD09. Interesting. I hadn't realised that. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Huh. What do you know? It's it's. I think I mentioned on the site that I've got friends who use it constantly. Um. So I don't really know what's happened there. Oh, somebody's using it. Is that your ringtone for your phone? No, no that was well, actually, that, that's, that's that one was thing IDVD we starting up, I think. Yeah, oh, was that's it really? one thing we never said about GarageBand. Um, GarageBand actually now has a button for creating ringtones. Yeah. They had that uh, in the last version, didn't they? They had that no, in GarageBand 08. You, you could export as a ringtone, but it wasn't in the, um, mm. the screen at the start, the splash screen at the start. Oh, yeah, I didn't realize that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Wow. So there's a, it's a lot, lot easier now to actually create ringtones. Um, it's all the interface is all purely set up for for ringtones. Which for those is of us who have iPhones, which I'm not one, must be easier. Mm. I need to get. I'm going to get an iPhone. I, it, it's going to happen this year. When they come out with the next version, it'll be much greater. It'll be better, and I'll laugh at yeah, you two. Um, 
that have. I don't know what you could over. do to, aside from drive space. Uh, I don't think there's a lot you could actually yeah. do to make it overly better. I think that's something we should talk about in another podcast because I'm I looking think at should the be able to make cappuccinos. Yeah, I'm looking <laughs> at the clock and we're at about an hour, just over, over an hour and a quarter anyway. And I just wanted to. Um, I think I think we've done both iWork and iLife. Is that. iTunes still considered part of? Uh, I don't think no. so. No, no, no iTunes. Download. iTunes hasn't been part of iLife since probably four or three. I think oh six was the last one. I think um, so, yeah, I think it, that's right. It's now basically considered part of the uh, Mac OS ten. Uh, yeah, uh, I think I think that's true. Yeah, I think it was oh six. I think it was the last one. And free with every iPod. So I just wanted to kind of finish off with a bit of a rehash back from a couple of podcast episodes ago um i was talking about remember we were talking about passwords and i forget that might have been the episode with phil you and i and nick is that right i think it, i think that's uh right. yes and also um when we had andrew on he also right, um yeah. he, he referred to that previous podcast as well and whatever happened to nick anyway i mean he's, he's gone silent but anyway nick if you're listening give us a shout see how you hope you're doing okay but we were chatting about passwords, and I remember saying that you know basically I have four, maybe five passwords, and I am, um, and and you know one or two of which are you know high security, longer ones that I've kind of memorized and committed to memory over the years, and used for things like online banking and that kind of thing, and the other ones I just you know didn't really care too much about in terms of you know if someone got my nzmac.com kind of forum password, well big deal they could post as me, but what kind of damage? Well actually that could do some damage, but it, I didn't really care. I had actually acquired, and I had forgotten this, and we were kind of comparing it to one password from Agile Web Solutions, and we were kind of comparing it, saying, you know, what, what's the benefit of it? And I forgot entirely that Agile had a kind of a Christmas special where they gave away version 2.9.7 for free, and I had downloaded it, but I hadn't actually installed it. Well, about three weeks ago, two weeks ago, I installed it and had a play with it, and I'm hooked. I am totally sold on this application now. I was poo-pooing it in that episode, and you can go back and listen, but I am totally hooked on this thing. And I, so I played around with it. I've changed passwords for most of the sites that I visit, and the benefit is, is that all you have to do is remember one password, one really long, fairly complicated password, and everything else um, it will store for you. Not only will it, will it store um, app, you know, foreign passwords and all that kind of thing, your bank password if you want, but you can store sensitive information. So I store my serial numbers for various applications that I've bought. Um, you can store your credit card, and it'll fill that in for you. So if you go to buy something on Amazon, you can fill your password or your fill your credit card details in. And I, I don't know, I just for some reason, I just really started to like this application. And I was telling Phil about it. And I think I was, at some point, Phil, you and I were chatting about it, saying... And I was saying how much I really enjoyed it. Well, as it turns out, we've got a bit of an announcement to make because the guys at Agile Web Solutions, and they're good Canadian blokes, so that's good. That's in their favor. They're offering a special deal for nzmac.com podcast listeners. And from now until February 27th, you can get 20% off the purchase price of 1Password. Um, we'll be, there'll be details on the nzmac.com website. And uh, this is great. I mean, it, mm. it's it's something. It, do you guys use One Password at all? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I've been using it since the the Mac Giving Tree as well. Oh, and man, that's what it's called. That's um, right. yeah, I, I I love it. it it's because like I I have 
Oh, um, talk about it later. But one um, one of my cards is um, to to log into the site. You have to put your card number, and then you've got to put in the PIN number, and then you've yeah. got to put in the the security thing. There's basically three fields you got to fill in just to um, uh, to actually get into the site to actually look at it. Um, you know, and your card number is what twelve digits long, or yeah. Yeah. something like that. Yeah, and and so having to do that, you know, grab the card out just so that you can log in. Um, one password is great. You just go to the site, click on the one password button in Safari, and then it automatically fills it out, and it is great. Uh, um, fantastic app. It is amazing. Yeah, I, it really I, is. Got a, I first came across it. I think with the first Mac list. I'm pretty sure that's where it was. Oh, and uh, I had it, and, and it actually confused the heck out of me um, back then, and I, I didn't quite understand it. I have recently acquired another copy. I think I was doing a free giveaway or buy one, get one free type thing. And um, since then, yeah, it has certainly been a lifesaver. I mean, you know, you sign up to so many different things these days just to get a, you know, ac- even a simple thing, access to a piece of shareware or, or something like that and, and uh, or even an update to a piece of software that you've already bought. And uh, I, I can never remember what I, what I signed up as. Exactly. And, yeah, and exactly. Uh, you know, and, and so I just remember to, and with the, with the toolbar button now for one password, it just, you know, pops down. Do you want to save this one? Yep, sure, go ahead. And you just know you never have to worry about it. Again. It's a brilliant piece of, piece of software. Yeah, I, um, I've been using it for a while, but I was a bit like you, Alan. When I first saw it, I, I found it a bit complex. And, and one of the things I would say is that I probably think I'm using about 40, 50% of its functionality because there is a yeah. heck of a lot of things in there that it can do that I'm still mm. getting to grips with. Yeah. Um, well, I noticed, but, um, I, I carry was going to say, occasionally I, I will boot up Firefox and uh, the the built-in sort of toolbar, Firefox toolbar, it just sort of came with, um, you know, it gives you the one password, use wallet, use identity, restore, save, generate password. All those things are all in the toolbar there for for that as well as the the button. Um, And, and, uh, yeah, all those capabilities of the thing uh, are just brilliant. Yeah, the the generate password one I think is fantastic. And I guess the, yeah. uh, the the turning point for me, I think I said in that podcast, was when I was helping a teacher from a school I used to work at and I had been using there a made-up word <laughs> that I'd picked up from someone else, which I thought was slightly amusing mm-hmm. and was actually a major password for some of the systems I had access to. And to hear that password come out of someone else's mouth after years <laughs> and know it's being bandied about a school, I decided, right, that's what I'm going to change. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I guess the other cool thing that we should mention is that it has an iPhone and iPod Touch application yes, that's free that's as well. Right. Yeah, that's right. So that you can um, open up I, uh, one password on your uh, Mac and um, using your wireless connection sync with your iPhone, and it's yeah. really clever. Um, it's still, I mean, if you might think, oh, my goodness, that sounds dangerous. It's it's not just a bunch of passwords floating around on your phone. There are still security checks that you put in place on your phone before it will even tell you what the password is. So it's great. You know, here you are. You've got this amazingly 12-digit jumble of generated letters <laughs> that you're never going to remember but now you've got them in your phone and you go through the security on your phone and it reminds you yeah. for whatever website you're looking at at a friend's house what your password is. Well, I, I just thought it was amazing. I mean, I, I went to 
I went to a site that I had yet to change my password. I was using one of my old ones that was only one, two, three, six, six characters, and it was actually a word, and that was my password. And it's one of those, you know, you go and you click change your password, and it says, okay, first you type in your old one. Oh, no, no. Yeah, and then you type in your new one, and it asks you to retype it in twice. So I went to the one password button. I said generate password, and then you get really cheeky, and you slide you slide the indicator all the way over, so you're generating like a 60-character you yeah. know, password that no one <laughs> would ever remember. And, and then you click on fill and it fills both of those kind of boxes in where it says, right. what's your new password? And the next thing you know, it says, okay, do you want me to remember this? Well, actually, yeah, I do. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. And boom, the next thing you know, it's entered and that's it. And you're done. And, and, and oh, it's un unbelievable. I never would have thought I would have liked it this much. It's also got, but I'm still getting to grips with it. I don't know how to describe it, like a macro functionality where you can say, not only do I want you to go to this site, but I want you to log in to go to this section and get me to that point, please. Right. Yes. Does it so, really? Uh, I kind of, I think I'm still, as I say, I'm still getting to grips with it. So if you have to go through sort of double security or yeah. a bit like what um, Darren was talking about, um, I know for another site, I have to go through two sort of layers. It will do both of those for you as a sort of script from what I can see. That's amazing. There's yeah. one thing I haven't worked out whether or not it'll do. Um, my bank come with PSIS and we have um, a security key, an RSA security key. So you t intern your, your bank account number and then your password, but then you've got a uh, randomly generating number that you have to enter in um, to actually log in. Um, and on the key, it changes every, I don't know if you've seen it, but it, it's basically a, a random number generator and it changes yeah. every 60 seconds. Um, I don't know whether or not it will handle those sorts of um sites very well on the basis of it's never going to be able to get in, in sync properly and, and mm. personally I um, I think it's a bad idea to to even attempt to try and save well, those sites but one one of the things here you can you can input and edit the passwords quite easily or the sort of information for that site so you would just disable the login part because there is a part that you're still going to have to do manually with the little wee calculator or whatever that you've got yeah. um but following on from what David said, I'd just like to say that we, we really thank OnePassword.com, the guys at Agile Web Solutions. I emailed them and asked them and got a response within probably about an hour, um, <laughs> which, which was fantastic. Yeah. And the other thing I'll say is that, you know, if you know of other Mac users around there that will be able to use this code and we'll, we'll put the information up on the site, then by all means, you've got until the end of the 27th to, um, to purchase the one password. So it's a lovely 20% off. Yeah, so and that, webs that website is uh, www.thenumber1.com, uh, and then uh, P -A -S -S -W -O -R -D .com, and that takes you to the Agile Web Solutions uh, website. So, yeah, and I, I get back to Toronto, my old hometown, every now and then. So I know where their offices are, and guys, I know you're <laughs> listening to this. I'm coming to visit, and we're going to find a local pub, and we're going out for sure. That is just fantastic. Excellent. Uh, Guys, I think we've uh, I think we've done it. I think we should wrap it up now. We're approaching hitting about an hour and a half. So um, thanks to Phil, uh, to Alan, to Darren. Thanks, gentlemen, for uh, for your time this evening. On a it's a rainy Sunday night here. Um, show notes will be available on nzmac.com by the time you're listening to this. In fact, um, those of you unfamiliar with the nzmac.com website, you'll find there are all kinds of things. I mean, Darren, you were mentioning reviews that you've done recently, so check that mm -hmm. out. There's a forum. There's a new community section that Phil's been working quite hard on. There's news. Um, 
Uh, it, and also, I'd note that Site is actually part of the Apple Store affiliate program. So if you're actually planning on buying something from Apple, like a new iMac that they might announce shortly, and, and, and even I would note that you can buy non-Apple stuff through the Apple New Zealand website, uh, please kind of consider clicking on that links on the main page at nzmac.com there. And it, doing so actually kind of helps keep, keep the site up and active. Um, and those with an iPhone, you can check out nziphone.com. So, uh, gentlemen, thanks once again. No Cheers. Thanks, Dave. And thanks to all of you for listening. If you're interested in actually being a part of the podcast in the future, please sign up to the community group in the community section of nzmac.com. It's worth mentioning that because we make announcements usually about one or two weeks in advance of recording, and we're always kind of, well, I don't know, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of keen to replace some of the characters that were on the podcast tonight. So. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, but anyway, keep an eye out for that. And uh, thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest presenter and do not necessarily represent those of NZMAC.com.